Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you on a Monday presented by Progressive Insurance, a day where our guests, as always, will be on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And it was, what can you say, one of the busiest sports weekends that we have ever had. The way this calendar has fallen, obviously, through circumstances, all of them horrendous, beyond our control. We're getting all of this stuff coming in fast and furious at one time. And so we will get to the basketball and we will get to my favorite sport, which is the golf. But there's obviously only one place to begin, and that's with your NFL Sunday. And I'm throwing open the phones to you immediately. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. I want your hot takes. Coming out of yesterday's NFL action, I want the hottest you can get. 888-729-3776. Phone calls will start in just a few minutes here. I want to hear from you. What is the hottest take you have coming out of yesterday involving your team? Someone else you saw. Injuries, obviously, a huge part of the story. So let's talk about it all. My number one observations are going to come in the form, actually, of number one, number two, and number three. The first of them, Dallas. No timeouts, good snap, good haul, 46 yards, yes sir! This points back to Dak Prescott, he needed to be the guy. That comeback saves their season. Cowboys beat the Falcons yesterday coming from 20 to nothing behind to win the game on a late field goal by Greg Zerline and... The only thing I will say I don't agree with is that the, the comeback winds up saving the Cowboys season. The Cowboys season wasn't going anywhere terrible if they had lost this game, even though they will lose to Seattle next week. Because 0-3 doesn't actually do anything to you. The NFC East this year could be won, could be won at 7-9. and The way the Eagles are playing, I'm not convinced any team in that division besides Dallas is going to win six games. You figure maybe the Eagles start figuring things out, but they look terrible, and their quarterback is lost. So they're in trouble. Washington is no good, and the Giants are A, bad, and B, just lost their best player for the season. So this didn't save the Cowboys' season because I think they could have won this division at 7-9. and nine. Instead, they'll win it at something like 9-7. and seven. That said, the most important thing that came out of this game yesterday for the Cowboys was Dak. And give Dominique Foxworth credit. He said it on Get Up last week. He said the Cowboys have to let Dak Prescott play like the quarterback he is. You're paying him like a franchise quarterback, even if you didn't give him the contract. He's getting paid over $30 million this year, one way or the other. So let him be the great player that he is. And he threw for 450 yards and ran for three touchdowns. That's a a, a game-changing kind of day for Dak Prescott can be viewed differently after that performance yesterday. The people who didn't believe in him have to start believing at least a little bit after what he did yesterday. That's a spectacular performance from Dak, difference-making sort of stuff. And Mike McCarthy said this after the win yesterday, and Rex Ryan was nodding along as he was saying it this morning on Get Up, and this part of it I actually agree with. It didn't save their season. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't a defining moment. That, I think it will be. You look at any great season that you're able to put together, you, you, have, you have big moments that you're able to build off of. This is, a, this is a big moment to build off of. I agree. It's a big moment to build off of. When you're getting embarrassed by the Falcons in your own building, 20 to nothing, and you come all the way back, and yes, you get the crazy play on the onside kick and whatever else had to go right. When you're losing a game as badly as they were losing it, you have to have a few balls bounce your way in order to win it. But they did. 
But we all know, same old Cowboys would never win this game. They found a way to win it. Maybe it will be a little different this year. Too soon to say, for sure. I'm not suggesting the Cowboys are a great team. I am suggesting, however, they have the benefit of being in by far the worst division in the NFL. Again, Washington isn't going to win six games this year. The Giants aren't going to win six games this year. And if the Eagles don't figure something out quickly, I'm not convinced they're going to win more than six games this year. So that win yesterday didn't save Dallas' season because 7-9 and nine would win them the division. But maybe, just maybe, something special will happen for Dallas this year. And if so, then I think we will look back on that as the beginning of it. On the other side, quickly, if you're the Falcons, how do you recover from that? That is a horrific loss for Atlanta. And I want to hear this. I haven't heard what he said yet. Dan Quinn, this is the coach of the Falcons, after the game talking about the onside kick. The front line, uh, generally on an onside kick, they're looking to get a block first. Then it goes, you know, the high hop goes to the next player. So um, when that instance happens and it's not one that is a high hopper, then you just transfer in and you go to your ball. But you're looking at your assignment first of who you have to go block, certainly the ball and then your assignment. So they definitely know the rule. Okay, I don't know what the hell he just said, but they didn't do any of those things. No one hit anyone. No one made contact with anyone else. They stood there like they were all third basemen just waiting for the bunt to roll foul. And it never did, and they did nothing. So that is just the most horrendous loss. I tweeted this after the game yesterday. There will be a lot of NFL teams that lose a lot of games in heartbreaking fashion this year. There won't be one worse than that. That is a terrible loss for the Falcons. So that's number one. That game is number one. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Here's number two. Number two comes in the form of two different people, and their names are DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and, and, and Diggs, and, and uh, his name just jumped out of my head for absolutely no obvious reason. But the, the fact that those two guys got traded, Stefan Diggs, excuse me, The fact that those two guys got traded during the offseason, both trades looked terrible when they made them. Now, they look a thousand times worse. It is unimaginable to me the impact that those two players are having on their new teams and their old ones. The Bills are 2-0, and Josh Allen looks like he might be the MVP of the league. The Cardinals are 2-0, and Kyler Murray looks like he might be the MVP of the league. What they have in common is they were the recipients on those trades. The Texans are 0-2, and Deshaun Watson looks like he needs a friend. And the Vikings are 0-2, and Kirk Cousins looks terrible, and his contract extension looks like it might have been the biggest mistake of the NFL offseason. But the real mistake was trading away his most important player. DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs are 1-2 and in the league in yards and in catches, They are difference-making players. DeAndre Hopkins has 22 catches in his first two games, the most by any player ever in NFL history, most ever by a player in his first two games with a new team. And all Diggs has done is completely remake the Buffalo offense. Go back and find the last time Josh Allen looked anything like this. So these were so easy to see coming. So these trades were both horrific and brilliant. And candidly, maybe this is just my nature. But I get more aggravated by the mistakes they were than I get excited about the great pickups. Anyone in their right mind would have taken Diggs. Anyone in their right mind would have taken Hopkins. You trade to half your team for Hopkins. What did Houston do? What is that? 
It's insane. Houston trading away DeAndre Hopkins was insane. And now they're paying the price because they look lost. They look ridiculously bad. They don't have a chance. That's a bad division, and they won't win it. Meanwhile, Arizona is in the best division, and they might win it because DeAndre Hopkins is that kind of good. And Kyler Murray, I'll tell you who Kyler Murray is. Kyler Murray, people are going to compare him to Michael Vick. He doesn't look anything like Michael Vick to me. People are going to compare him to Lamar Jackson. He doesn't look anything like Lamar Jackson to me. You know who he looks like? If Barry Sanders was a quarterback, he'd have been Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray runs like Barry Sanders. You watch him run. You remember watching Barry Sanders run? Kyler Murray runs like Barry Sanders. And he's a great quarter. He's a great thrower of the football. He's the closest thing to Steve Young. That, that's the best analogy to it. If Steve Young was five foot nine or whatever it is that Murray is. Murray is spectacular. The Cardinals are spectacular. And those trades reshaped the entire NFL season. So that's item number two. Don't forget, you can listen to ESPN Audio at home on your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. So that's item one and item two. As for three, Buffalo looks terrific. And Josh Allen looks like an MVP candidate. But they will not win the AFC East. Cam Newton will win the AFC East. There will not be a better performance in a losing effort or a more meaningful performance in a losing effort this year than the one that Cam Newton gave you last night. And we just have to say it. And I, I tiptoed up to saying it on TV this morning. And thank, thank you, Ryan Clark, for jumping in and basically pushing me over the line. It was like, Greeny, don't soft sell it. The Patriots are better off with Cam Newton than they were with Tom Brady. I didn't want to say those words because I understand what they sound like. They sound like you're taking away any of what Brady accomplished for that franchise, and nothing could be further from my intention. Tom Brady's 20-year run with the Patriots is the single greatest run that any football players ever had with any team in the now 101-year history of the sport. That is singular. It is written in stone. Nothing will ever change that. But this particular incarnation of the Patriots, and this moment in time, they are better off with Cam Newton than with Tom Brady. And realistically, if Cam Newton is healthy, and that remains the big if, he's just better now. And do you know why? Because Tom Brady is 43 years old and Cam is 31. Ask yourself that question. How old did you think he was? He's 31. He's younger than Russell Wilson. And he's won the MVP more recently than Aaron Rodgers. And yesterday he threw for 330 yards and still running all over the field against a good team. I told you they wouldn't just be able to run him all night. They didn't. He's throwing the ball to receivers that look terrible, terrible when Tom Brady was the quarterback. And they probably are terrible. But with Cam Newton, they look a whole lot better. That was an upgrade in every sense of the word. And nothing could be more New England than getting him for the minimum and him being great. And I don't know if he'll be the MVP this year the way Dominique Foxworth predicted he would. But it doesn't sound crazy watching that game last night. That's a spectacular performance. Again, let me, let me, let me play for you what Ryan said to me because I was tap dancing around trying to not say that, that the Patriots are better off with Cam than they were with Tom Brady. I tried as hard as I could not to say it. 
And finally, Ryan Clark yelled at me. This collection of players, Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, Nikhil Harry, is better with Cam Newton at quarterback. Period. They are. He does more with this team than Tom Brady ever could. And that's not a knock on their careers. It's not in any way to negate Tom Brady's greatness. They needed Cam Newton. This was a match made in heaven the same way Cam Newton said it was. It was beautiful to watch last night. I I thank Ryan Clark for for saying that because he said it so much better than I did. I was hemming and hawing because I just didn't want those words to come out of my mouth. But the truth is, they're right. It's what I thought, and I'm glad R.C. said it. So those to me were the three most important things that came out of yesterday in the National Football League. Now I want to hear from you. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests coming up like Dan Orlovsky on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. But guys, do we have the phones ready to go? 888-SAY-ESPN. <coughs> Looking for your hot takes and your opinions coming out of yesterday in the National Football League. Uh, I'm in uh, South Street Seaport stu- uh, Studios today in New York City, and the guys are back in Bristol there, and you will let me know. Do we have calls ready to go, guys? I'm. Yep, we got a few calls. We can start with Kevin. Kevin, you're first up with Greeny today. What is your hottest take coming out of yesterday in the NFL? Greeny, I'm telling you that too many people are taking the emphasis out of the NFC, and the strongest team right now is the Green Bay Packers. We've seen that when Aaron Rodgers is on fire, they're capable of 15 wins. This man is on fire right now. He cannot be stopped in the division. I think they'll go, they'll go undefeated in the division again, and they'll do better than their 13 wins last season. Okay, so that's a fascinating one. It's a great take, and it's, it's, it's not that hot because they look fabulous, and Rodgers looks the best he has looked in several years. Here's what I'll say. The decision during the offseason to not go out and get him any more help, but instead draft his heir apparent, who this year will be nothing but the scout team quarterback in Jordan Love, to me today looks worse, not better. Because Aaron Rodgers still had this in him, still has this in him. Now, maybe it lit a fire under him. I don't know that. But he looks as good as he's looked in years. And yes, Minnesota looks terrible. Detroit looks terrible. And the Bears quarterback is still Mitchell Trubisky. So they may be 2-0, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers. So I agree. Green Bay right now is at least the class of the NFC North. Through two weeks, they look like the best team in the NFC. Let's see if that continues. I like the take. Rodgers is off to an MVP caliber start. I have it planned to talk about him a little more later, but I'm glad you jumped in. Bubba, who's my next hot take? Next up, we got Joey. Joey, what's your hottest take coming out of an NFL Sunday? Go. Greeny, thanks for having me on. I'm Kevin's roommate, Joey. But I'm here to tell you that the Arizona Cardinals are not only going to win the NFC West, but Kyler Murray's going to win the MVP. They look absolutely electric. And they took care of the Washington football team, but he did the same thing against the Niners' defense when they were fully healthy. He's playing in a league of his own. He looks out of his mind. I agree. I, I like everything about it. The only thing I'll say to you is I don't think that's that hot of a take. Kyler Murray to win MVP right now feels like like – a statement of fact more than an opinion. And it would be the third year if he does it, third consecutive year that a second-year NFL quarterback wins the MVP. Mahomes two years ago, Lamar last year. The difference is, give Kyler credit, and they've remade the roster, and obviously the Hopkins trade is huge. But Lamar Jackson didn't take over a terrible team. Patrick Mahomes didn't take over a terrible team. Kyler Murray did. This team was 1-15 two years ago. Look at them now. So they may very well win that division. They look great. The Rams look really good. They're off to an excellent start. The 49ers decimated, devastated 
by injury yesterday on a field that they're complaining about. Well, I'll play you the sound from the coach a little later from Shanahan, but they're upset about the conditions in which they played yesterday on the new turf at MetLife Stadium. I don't know if that was a factor or not, but their season may very well have been ruined by injury yesterday. And then there's Seattle, who I think is great. I still think Seattle is going to win that division, and my pick of Russell Wilson for MVP feels pretty good to me right now. He's thrown, I think, nine touchdowns in two games. But Murray is right there, and the Cardinals are right there. It's a good call. It's not that hot a take. I need a hot take, Bubba. Who's next? All right, let's see if we can get one from Cy. Cy, you're next with Greeny. What's your hottest take coming out of yesterday? Greeny, my hottest take coming out of yesterday is that Dwayne Haskins for the Washington football team needs to be benched. He is so inaccurate. He's not a franchise quarterback. It's time to put Kyle Allen in, see what he can do, and if not, just tank the rest of the year. Hmm. Yeah, this one hurts me. Cy, it's a good call. He does not look good. Now, I will say that Dwayne Haskins was a quarterback that when he came in, he played one year at Ohio State. And what was said of him by everyone is it might take him a little time to develop. I'm by no means ready to throw in the towel on Dwayne Haskins. It's been a rough start. Last year was a disaster in every conceivable way, and he didn't have a lot of help. And the owner wanted him, and the, and the, the coach didn't, and it was a mess. So far, he's, it's been bad, and yesterday was bad. I'm still a believer in Dwayne Haskins, but I'm not convinced they don't have a better chance of winning short-term with Kyle Allen. So, Cy, it hurts me to say it, but I kind of like that call. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Looking for your hottest takes coming out of yesterday's jam-packed Sunday in the NFL. Bubba, who's next? We got another one. We got Carl. Carl, you're next with Greeny. What's your thought coming out of yesterday? Man, it's it's Philly Carl, baby. I'm going to tell you, if the Eagles lose to the Bengals next week, they have no choice but the best Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts will be your starter, and then the Eagles will win the division. Listen, that is a great one. That's what I'm looking for. Hot take. If they lose this week, they bench Wentz with the contract. Now, am I telling you I think it's going to happen? No. But I don't think we're that far from seeing Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> because week one, <clears throat> you have a 16-point lead, and Carson Wentz is the reason you lose that game. And then yesterday against a Rams team that I think is pretty good and you figured was a tough matchup. But Wentz looks bad. And Orlovsky, who will join us a little later, we'll talk about it here on this show. I talked about it with him this morning on TV. Orlovsky said there were three reasons quarterbacks throw interceptions. One of them is they panic. That's not what's happening. One of them is they get fooled. That's not what's happening. The third is when they're trying to do too much. And right now, Carson Wentz is trying to do too much. And the problem is that's sort of been the knock on him from the beginning. From the beginning, it was he tries to make every single play, the hero play. He's running and diving and getting hit and getting hurt. That was the primary concern we had, was that by trying to do too much, he was going to keep getting himself injured. It wasn't that he was going to throw terrible picks. Right now, he looks terrible and they look terrible. That's a great call. And the whole world sort of looked at it askance when they drafted Jalen Hurts. In the second round, and the thought was, are they just going to put in a package? Do they just want to try and change it up a little bit? And, and and what we said on Get Up at the time was, you don't use a second round pick on that. That's something you get in the fifth round. That's something you're trying to figure out. Well, we'll just try and get some plays out of this guy. The way you know the Steelers used to use Antoine Randall at quarterback, or Cordell, or people like that way back in the day. And then all the other examples of it that we've seen. 
Taysom Hill is a good example of that right now in New Orleans. You don't use a second-round pick to get Taysom Hill. Use a second-round pick to get a guy who might become your starting quarterback. And if they lose to the Bengals this week, I don't know that they'll make that change, but there'll be people in that town who want them to. All right, excellent calls. We'll have time for some more a little bit later. I will let you know when you should call back and give me your thoughts here on all the things we saw in the NFL yesterday. Coming up, it was a thrilling day of football, but it was also the worst NFL Sunday in a very long time. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, it was a very interesting Sunday in the NFL, but it wasn't a great one. Frankly, it was a terrible one, and it just keeps getting worse today. I don't know if it was because there was no preseason and there was a truncated offseason and they didn't do all the usual things they do in the conditioning and whether that was a factor and the no hitting and whether that was a factor. I honestly have no idea. It may just have been incredibly bad luck. But the spate of devastating injuries yesterday was incredible. Incredible. And two, two teams had their seasons ruined. And both of them, I think, are important. One of them was San Francisco and the other one is the Giants. They're different for two different reasons. The 49ers is obvious. They were 10 minutes away from winning the championship last year. And they've lost Nick Bosa. And assuming Bosa is out for the season, that's devastating. That's for most teams losing your quarterback. Most teams can't afford to lose their quarterback. What the Niners built this team on is their ability to rush the passer, to wreak total havoc on opposing teams. And Nick Bosa was the single most important reason they could do that. So between Bosa and Solomon Thomas and Garoppolo got hurt yesterday too, and we'll see what happens. And they're all upset about the condition of the field of the turf at MetLife Stadium. I don't know if that was a factor or not, but I do know that losing Nick Bosa in a jam-packed, extremely competitive NFC is enough for me to say not only don't they wind up winning the, the conference, I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs without Nick Bosa. The Giants weren't making the playoffs whether they had Saquon Barkley or not. And they've confirmed, I just got a news release in the last 15 minutes, the Giants have confirmed that his is an ACL, he'll need surgery soon, and he is indeed done for the year. But that doesn't mean that it's not a devastating injury because they have a young quarterback that they're working to develop who I actually think is showing you some signs. And little Danny Dimes, Danny Daniel Jones. And for them to lose... What is, what is supposed to be the best part of their offense, who should be the best friend of the young quarterback, that's devastating, a devastating blow. I don't think they were going to win anything of consequence this year. But it is a devastating blow, A, in the development of their quarterback, and B, because now they got to figure out something to do with him contractually. 
Because if I'm Saquon Barkley, I don't, I, I don't even consider setting foot on the field again without a new deal. Don't even consider it. Ask Zeke. Ask Dalvin Cook. Ask Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be out several weeks now. That news came over this morning. McCaffrey's got an ankle. He's going to be out for a while. So the injuries have just, the injuries this weekend have been devastating. We're devastating. And it's depressing to watch. Again, I don't know if it's just coincidental. They had this crazy offseason. Maybe that had nothing to do with the fact that all these guys got hurt yesterday. I don't know that there were more injuries than usual, but what there were were very prominent injuries all across the league. But to me, those are the two biggest. Barkley because of the development of the quarterback, Bosa because the 49ers are a championship team. I mean, the Panthers, I don't think we're going anywhere with or without McCaffrey. doesn't mean it's not devastating. Obviously, he's by far their best player. Much more football, and Dan Olofsky is coming up shortly. But on any other day, Anthony Davis knocking down a three with no time left on the clock to change the outcome of Lakers-Nuggets Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals would have been the opening 15 minutes of a talk show. How about that shot from AD last night? How about that moment for these Lakers against a really good, I'm not even going to call the Nuggets gritty. Gritty is what we say about teams when they're just not that good and they hang in there. The Nuggets aren't overmatched. They're not overmatched in this series at all. Nikola Jokic isn't overmatched by anybody. Neither is Jamal Murray. The Nuggets are just flat good. And against any other team, they probably win that game yesterday. But teams like the Lakers find ways to win games like that. And LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for 57 points last night. AD had 31 of them. And obviously none of them bigger than the three he had. If you didn't see it, the way this game goes, they have an inbounds and they're all da- down, you know, buried down in opposing territory, if you will, under the, the basket they're shooting at. With two seconds left, they inbound the ball to AD and he drills a three as time expires to turn a one-point deficit into a two-point win and what is probably an insurmountable 2 nothing series lead in the Western Conference Finals. Kendrick Perkins was with me on Get Up this morning talking about the importance of Anthony Davis. You thought AD just went to L.A. to walk up and down Rodell Drive and go window shopping? No, he went in there to spend some money. He went in there to get the bag because that's what he's in right now. He's in his bag. He cannot be stopped. If you look at what he did in that second half of that game, he dominated. And I told you. Jokic is going to have to slide his puppies this series. AD was abusing him. He had him doing – AD had it his way. He, could, he had whatever he wanted on the court. Great play uh, call by Frank Vogel because I didn't even know the ball was going to Anthony Davis in a big-time shot by him. Big-time is underselling that shot. Anthony Davis hasn't made a shot that big since he was at Kentucky. And candidly, I'd have to go back – What I remember about the championship game that year when Kentucky won it when he was a freshman, his only year, I believe he was the fourth leading scorer on that team. I'm doing that off the top of my head, but I think that's right. I'm not sure that's not the biggest shot Anthony Davis has ever made in his life, his entire organized career in organized basketball. And to, to me, it ends the series. And that's not to take anything away from Denver. I know they came back from 1 3 against Utah. I know they came back from 1-3 against the Clippers. But you don't come back from two games down against LeBron. It's just not going to happen. If you think LeBron James is going to lose four out of five games in this spot, I don't care how good the other team is. You could put anybody on the other side. LeBron wouldn't lose four or five to them. 
You spot this Laker team, a 2 nothing lead against the Warriors of 18 or whatever the best of the Warriors were when they had KD and everybody was healthy. LeBron finds a way to win. Everyone else was overmatched then. He's got the guy now. He's got the running mate. And how good did he feel? How good did they all feel last night seeing Anthony Davis come through in that moment? So that buzzer beater, I think, puts the Lakers into the finals. They'll work their way through the rest of this series. I had it originally in six. Starting to feel like five, we'll see. But LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, a franchise that basically is the NBA and hadn't been in the playoffs in almost a decade. Here we go in the bubble. LeBron has them going to the finals. Hard to picture as good as Jokic is, as good as Murray is, and as good a story as the Nuggets are. I can't picture them winning four out of five. All right, we're just getting rolling here. The worst move of the NFL season looks even worse now. The worst move any team made during this offseason looks even worse now, and it is not the trade of DeAndre Hopkins I'm talking about. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio and delighted that you have chosen to spend some time with me here. Dan Orlovsky will spend some time with me in about 15 minutes. And I told you that the worst move of the NFL offseason looks even worse now. And it's not the DeAndre Hopkins trade. That was the second worst move of the offseason. The worst was the Green Bay Packers with an absolute chance to win a Super Bowl this year. This year with the great Aaron Rodgers. At this, their quarterback and still more than capable of winning 13 games a year ago and getting you within one bad performance on that last Sunday of their season of being in the Super Bowl, of going out and drafting a scout team quarterback to help him this year. That's what Jordan Love is going to be. And this is a team you watch them play right now. Now, I don't know just how good Green Bay is because the Vikings, they backed up their loss to Green Bay last week looking even worse against the Colts yesterday. And the Lions, I think, are not very good. And their defense, their secondary was bad. And Rodgers, I, th- I still believe the lack of weapons is going to catch up to them. And that's the point. Because Rodgers is so good. And yesterday was a tale of two Aarons. It was the best of times. It was the best of times. Aaron Jones, unstoppable yesterday. And if the Packers are going to run for 259 yards, then obviously no one's ever going to beat him. But you can't count on any of that, much less all of it, happening all season long. You need to get Aaron Rodgers all the help you can. So they will pay for not having done that. Their season this year will not go as far as it could 
because they didn't go get him the piece he needed. I don't know what, if anything, they can do between now and a trade deadline. But they need one more piece. Because what they have going on with Lazard and Valdez Scantling, it's not enough. It's just not enough. Against the really good teams out there, that's not going to be enough. Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams can't carry that thing all by themselves. Every team isn't the Lions. When they start playing the good teams in the NFC, they're going to need more help than I believe they got Aaron Rodgers. So that's a Super Bowl caliber team. And maybe they are anyway. But I believe their downfall will come because they didn't make the move that was needed to get him the help that he could use. So to me, that was the worst move of the NFL offseason. And you say, well, look, they're 2-0. How bad could it have been? No, stop. Don't say that. Say the opposite. It looks even worse now because they are a championship-looking team. And one more piece could put them over the top, could have put them over the top. But do you want me to give you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless? You know what team looks to me like they might be the best in the conference? It's not Arizona. It's not New Orleans. It's not Green Bay. I think it's Tampa. And yesterday you saw the formula. And I said this before the season started. And Bruce Arians falls in love with the sound of A of his own voice and more importantly B with his offense. And he wants to risk it biscuit. Enough with that. That's how you get 30 interceptions from Jameis Winston. That's how Brady winds up throwing two picks, including a pick six in his first game. Tom Brady hasn't thrown an interception in 20 years. Give the freaking ball to Leonard Fournette. You got Leonard Fournette and you have a great defense. The Buccaneers don't have a good defense. They have an excellent defense. Play to the strengths of your team. Everyone listening to my voice right now remembers how Peyton Manning won his last championship. Now, Brady has more left than Peyton did at that point in Denver. But they had a great defense, and they carried Peyton along. Peyton just had to make a play here, a play there, and don't make big mistakes because he was Peyton Manning, and he knew how to do that, and he was smart enough to adapt to that. I'm old enough to go back a generation before, and that's how John Elway won not one but two championships in Denver. John Elway was the best quarterback in football for a long time, and he carried three mediocre teams to Super Bowls and got blown out. And then they gave him Terrell Davis. They gave him a a Hall of Fame running back, and they played enough defense, and he won two Super Bowls at the very end. The last game he ever played in his life, they won the Super Bowl against Atlanta. That's a good analogy to where Brady is right now because Elway still had enough left, much more than Peyton did at the end. Elway still had enough left to beat you every now and again when you needed him to. Elway could still beat you three or four times a year. But the way the Buccaneers played in week one, they looked like they wanted Brady to be to do what he was trying to do last year in New, in New England. The Patriots depended way too much on Brady at his advanced age, and the Bucs can't do it. Give the ball to Fournette. They have Rojo there, too, and a bunch of other running backs, and they got a ton of receivers, and they'll make plays. These guys will make plays. But the day that they acquired Leonard Fournette, I said on this show, the Buccaneers just put themselves in the Super Bowl. And yesterday you saw it. Ran for 100 yards, caught a ball, two touchdowns, caught a ball, made a big play out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette is a really good player. Jacksonville has been known to turn a lot of guys off. They make it look like it's his fault. Leonard Fournette, I'm not sure he did anything wrong except not want to be in Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey is another one, and Yannick Ngakwe and all these guys. Everyone wants out of Jacksonville. So wanting out of Jacksonville doesn't make Leonard Fournette a bad guy, if you ask me. He's a really, really good player. 
And he is a, Tom Brady should just get on his shoulders. Leonard, put Tom Brady on your shoulders. What, what was that game you used to play where you put someone on your shoulders and you try and knock them off, whatever that game was called? Put him on your shoulders like it's a game of that and just carry Brady with you. Leonard Fournette should just carry Brady to, to the Super Bowl. And Brady will give you three, there'll be three or four games they win this year because of him. But the mistake the Buccaneers would make is thinking Brady's going to win them 12 games this year. They could win 12 games. Brady will win four or five. That team could win you the rest by themselves. They could win the rest by running the football and playing defense. And that's, I think, what they should do. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. To me, that's the formula. If it's not Seattle, it's Tampa. And I trust Brady. I trust Brady not to make the big mistakes. So long as you don't ask him to do things, he's not capable of doing anymore. That's what I was afraid they were going to do after week one. And that's why Arian's criticism of Brady after week one rubbed me the wrong way. Because reality is he should have been criticizing himself. Let me give you a Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Tonight, they open up the new ballpark in Las Vegas. First ever NFL game in Vegas, which, despite the fact that there won't be fans, there is a big deal. The National Football League going to Las Vegas, the league that forever held gambling at the arm's length that it did, going to Las Vegas is a big deal. And opening a new stadium with a very good team in the building, and that's the New Orleans Saints against a team about which I think there are a lot of questions, and that is the Raiders. The Raiders will be excited to be opening up their new building, but they won't get the jolt that they would normally get from the crowd. Josh Jacobs could run it, but I like the Saints tonight. My Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. That's what I think. In our second hour, we'll have plenty of time to hear what you think. And Dan Orlovsky joins me next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.